From the wheat fields of the Thumb to the cherry trees on the Third Coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. Michigan is home to more than 100 craft distilleries and we're seventh in the nation for that number. Many of them utilize Michigan grains and fruit in their process. In fact, over 2 million pounds of grains and fruit are annually used in Michigan spirit distillation. Today, we're talking all things Michigan spirits with the executive director of the Michigan Craft Distillers Association, Diana Stampler, and our resident culinary mixologist and Michigan Grown Michigan Great Ambassador, Angie Jackson. Welcome to the Michigan AF podcast, Diana and Angie. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Noel. As always, a pleasure. So glad to have both of you on today. Diana, I wanted to start and ask you a little bit about yourself and uh, if you can just tell us about yourself and how you came to work with Michigan Distillers. Well, um, I've been a promoter, I guess, all of my life. I uh, started doing PR back, goodness, in the early 90s, that's dating myself, uh, in public education, and then went into the tourism industry in 1997 and worked for a group in Grand Rapids called the West Michigan Tourist Association as their marketing and media director for seven years, an organization that I am still an active member of and and still uh, work closely with their team. Um, But in 2004, in August, um, I actually decided that I wanted to give it a go on my own, and I launched Promote Michigan and specialize in PR and marketing and media relations and whatnot in the hospitality industry um, and tourism industry, which is, you know, a much broader encompassing thing because it includes agriculture, includes history and culture and golf and everything else. And over the years um, through that, I found myself drawn a lot more to the culinary and agricultural side. My, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother always said, you know, find something you love to do and then make a living at it. And I'm like, well, I love to eat and drink. So how do I get paid to do that? And uh, it just it evolved into a, a real niche area of marketing within this industry in Michigan. And I started first working with the Michigan Brewers Guild in 2008, uh, I did occasionally w- work with independent and trails for the wine industry. And then uh, in around 2013, the distilling industry was was just starting to get off the ground. And I had met uh, Kent Rabish at Grand Traverse Distillery. And I had met Rafino Valentine from Valentine Distilling. And of course, knew the folks at New Holland And at one point they came to me and said, you know, we should really form a trade organization like the brewers have. And at the time, um, Michigan Wine Council, which became the Michigan Craft Beverage Council, um, they said, you know, we really should have a group of our own. And would you help wrangle all of these distillers from around the state to a to a group meeting? And so 
not really knowing much about the industry, um, I did some Googling and, and found a list. And we invited a, a group of people down to East Lansing to um, Dr. Chris Berglund's facility. And through that, um, there, there became an interest in forming a statewide organization. And so we reached out. And at the time, interestingly, there weren't a lot of state organizations around the country. And so we only found a handful, and and thankfully the folks in Oregon, they sent us their bylaws and some of the other information that they had used to form their organization and answered questions for us. And so we we sat down with their bylaws and decided, okay, are we going to do this? We formed the nonprofit organization. We elected a board of founding directors and sat through and developed, uh, did a lot of just um, replacing the word Oregon with Michigan at the onset to, to create our bylaws and then and then tweak that. And ironically, we're in the process of updating those right now um, as the organization was officially organized in October of 2014. And through that, um, you know, our industry, I think we had I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 members at the time. And it's grown. We have over 30 now. And many of the distilleries back then, you know, distilleries didn't have multiple tasting rooms as they do now. So it's been a real interesting uh, journey to uh, discover and and work and and find collaborative ways for this organization to, to work together. You know, Angie and I, we met, I was thinking about this this morning, Angie, um, at a spirit event at Salt of the Earth in Fenville, a cocktail event, a Prohibition era cocktail event. And that's been just a friendship that has continued to grow. And that's itself, Angie, been what, 12 years now, 10, 12 years, maybe? It has been. Yes, it was a Mad Men inspired um, Yeah. Yeah, wow, we had a great time at that. Yeah, I was uh, uh, I was uh, the brand ambassador for Journeyman and at Salt of the Earth, as I recall, you know, they are definitely farm to table and they sourced all the ingredients. I think, what was it, within like 10 miles of them? Yeah, I mean, Fenville is such a culinary ag destination anyway. Um, and they did this whole local series of beer, wine. And that was actually the very first cocktail dinner. Because I thought, well, you know, cocktails are what you have before dinner and after dinner. You didn't have them with dinner. I didn't know that you could, you know, have them with your dinner. And that was the first time um, that that I experienced that. And actually, I was just chatting with Mark Schrock from Salt of the Earth on Facebook uh, last week. And uh, so, you know, it, it really generated. And, and uh, our paths, Angie and I, we, you know, we've crossed paths countless times since then. Um and uh, it, it's just continues to get more exciting. I think this this craft spirits industry, um, because of the fact that you know we live in Michigan, so we've got all this great water, we've got all these great agricultural commodities. Whether you're talking about cherries or apples, things that you're turning into brandy, or you've got places that uh, like Long Road Distillers where they're sourcing wild juniper from Beaver Island or uh, mammoth where they're growing Ross and rye out on South Manitou Island again. And there, there are so many amazing stories, uh, and so many opportunities with what we're able to produce here in, you know, the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country. Um, but it's also to me beyond all of that, it's the people, it's the, 
it's the passion that people in this industry have and and for themselves and their own products, but also for the overall industry. I, I think back um, just just a couple of years ago, you know, how we've we're really just banded together for this this industry uh, during COVID when we're turning things into hand sanitizer. And now we're working collectively on the legislative front and we're now working on uh, bringing a festival back together. And there's just something about this, this camaraderie in the industry, which I think is, is what I love to celebrate the most. That's really cool. And what something that I just really think is amazing and that resonated with me is that like in so many things in this state, Michigan was really a pioneer in creating, you know, an a distillers association and, and an organization to represent distilleries. I think that is fascinating. Well, as you mentioned, you know, we're number seven. Um, when, when the organization was founded, we were 12th or 13th on that list. Um, and of course, craft beverages in general across the country uh, are, you know, we're on a peak. I'm not sure if we've hit a plateau yet in some areas, but, um, you know, it's really taken off. But what's also super fascinating is here in Michigan, particularly, it's a throwback, you know, yes, we're, we've got this resurgence of these, of these craft spirits industries and the craft beer, wine, whatever, but we were doing this before, you know, Michigan had breweries that were operating in the 1800s. We had distilleries that operated before prohibition. Uh, the earliest vineyards for wine, I mean, predate the state of 1837's founding. So, you know, we have this longstanding history because those Great Lakes have his, you know, have always provided that microclimate for producing um, grains and fruits and whatnot for these beverages. And it thrived here in the state. You know, it, the the mining and iron ore operations, the lumbering industries, the fishing industries, particularly in the UP, you know, those those camps had breweries and distilleries that operated, whether they were commercial or not. Um, and then, you know, of, of course, prohibition put everything, well, kind of on lockdown, I think less so in the spirits industry, um, because you also had sustainability throughout that in Michigan, because of all of the rum running and the, the gangsters, the purple gang and, and our borders to Canada, and the thoroughfares to Chicago. And so it's, it's, I think, an industry that has such history and such colorful stories, unlike any other industry that's out there. That's amazing. I, the first thing that popped into my head when you started talking about that is, you know, I think almost every Michigan person that I know has an Al Capone story, right? Some sort of an Al Capone connection of, you know, he he stayed in this house. He came through here. He came through there. And I think that that is that's a huge part of our history as a state that also, you know, connected to that entire industry. You know, and, and Angie can attest to this. I'm always looking for the dark side of things. <laughs> So <laughs> you and I have that in common. We have so much in common. And one of them is that I was staring at the Detroit River this past week when I was doing the event. 
uh, with Michigan Economic Development Corporation. I was looking at the Detroit River and I'm going, how many bottles are at the bottom of that? Right. River? You know, you're right. looking and you're like, they didn't need that far to go. You know, I mean, it was just that little bit of a mile, you know, I mean, and uh, how many are down there? Is but the I, cops I, were I, watching. That's one of the things that I love. Um, I think it's two James that has all of the, has the, is the grass widow and has the old recipes. They have the 28 islands vodka, which uh, is a tribute to the, all the little islands in the Detroit river where those rum runners would hide out as they were like hopscotching across the river to take booze over to, uh, to Canada. And you think about, you know, I, I can't, I can't not pick up a book about the prohibition and gangster as a side note, um, the, Historical Museum in Harbor Springs is running an exhibit right now all about prohibition and gangster activity and all of that in that area. They had the Purple Gang ran an operation up there. It was called Club uh, Manitou, which became um, a concert venue later on. And uh, there's a new book out about that. And and um, there is, an, like I said, this exhibit. And I've got a get up there. I think I'm going to be up in that area next week. So maybe I'll get a chance to pop over and check that out. I think I mentioned this to you, Diana. Um, my, my family has a cottage uh, up in uh, Omina point and my great uncle was 12 years old. And he, uh, there's a picture of him. He was in, you know, obviously a, a wonderful antiquarian, um, uh, uh, a, you know, wooden skiff, you know, boat, and he is wearing a leather jacket, and he is going to go get the booze for my great grandfather. Um, <laughs> he quite often took the Model A, you know, whipping down M37 and all the way across over the Leland to bring back the booze for the family, and he was 12. Oh, wow. Well, they probably were less obvious at that age. They weren't looking for kids to be running the room. Right. Well, all the more I could see my great grandfather putting him up for that. You know, you're a kid, they're not gonna stop you. Go for it. I, I need my <laughs> Canadian club. I can totally see that. So, Angie, you had talked or Diana talked a little bit about how the two of you met. I would love to hear what some different projects you've worked up with her on over the past few years. Oh, Diana and I are always um uh crossing paths. Uh, yeah, probably most recently we um did a couple of events. Number one, we did the uh, Grand Rapids International Food and Wine Festival, which is a huge, wonderful uh, thing that Grand Rapids puts on uh, November. I believe it's November. And um, more recently, uh, we were together at an event for um, uh, kind of doing some promotion for, uh, Diana, remind me of the name of the uh, camp. I'm losing a blank here. A detach my campground. Detached. Yes. yes. So um, this is super exciting. Actually, I was just chatting with Jared Spear there this week. Um, detach is an off-grid campground in Rockford. And uh, we did an event there, which featured Michigan and locally produced beverages. But one of the things that we're doing specifically with Angie that I'm pretty geeked on, and it's funny because everybody on their staff is like, yeah, we're going to need a retreat just for our internal team before we sell it to the public because they all want to do it, is a um, kind of a uh, foraging off-grid cocktail camping weekend where people will come in and 
they will learn what, what in the forest is edible, what isn't, um, what things you might have at home that you can do some fun cocktails with. And Angie's going to do campfire cocktails, essentially, which I know is part of her normal repertoire at home. <laughs> So it's, it's just, it's just putting her in a different venue. Um, right. So I was super excited, um, about what that's going to entail. And then, um, it's going to be kind of a loose planned event because I think the best events just come from the energy of the group. Um, but how I envision it is kind of a stone soup concept. Remember that story where somebody's like, well, all I have is water and stone. I don't have anything to make soup. Well, then this person brings an onion and this person brings a carrot and this person brings celery and then a potato. And then all of a sudden you have the ingredients for this soup. And so I'm hoping, or I'm envisioning that with this event that people will come around Angie's camp spot, which I think is going to be the teepee. I think we're going to put you in a teepee. Um, and everybody brings a little something and you play like there used to be a TV show on food network where you had like all these random ingredients and then you had to fix something. And Angie, I know that you are capable of doing that, not just in the glass, but for the plate as well. Exactly. Um, I love that idea. And I do remember that stone soup. And I love the idea of iron bar chef. That's what we do, you know, bring me the ingredients and we will we will craft something beautiful and let the agriculture alchemy skills unleash and make it happen. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's my idea of a good time right there. And you know that, you know, we'll do it by the light of the moon and and just have a fabulous time around a fire with that. Um, so leading into September, September is a big month for craft spirits here in Michigan. You want to tell us a, a little bit about why I, I get so geeked about September. Well, you, the world. I mean, it's funny because technically, so we, we've the last few years, we've gotten uh, a proclamation from the governor's office declaring September as Michigan craft spirits month. I personally think every month is Michigan craft spirits month. Um, so I guess there's, there's that, you know, every day is, is a Michigan beverage month for me. Um, so we, we are working at getting this, uh, uh, declared once again. Um, and it, and it really is, you know, celebrating, um, the fact that we have, you know, over 30 spirit producers, distillers in the state of Michigan, um, that, um, that operate actually probably more than that. The fact that we do rank seventh, um, that uh, Michigan craft spirit producers utilize more than 2 million pounds, 2 million pounds of Michigan grown grain and fruits in their production. And thanks to some new legislation that we just got passed, uh, it's going to be more of an incentive for those distilleries to source that stuff um, locally uh, with a little bit of rebate on the back end of, of the taxes that they pay into those spirits. Um, but, uh, the fact that we are nationally recognized, we're bringing in, you know, countless awards each and every year. The fact that, that these producers, these distillers are not just making the big four, which is, you know, gin, rum, whiskey, and vodka, 
but we're making uh, fruit brandies, we're making aquavits, we're making all of these other um, mel, which, you know, uh, ethanology is, I think is the only one making this honey spirit. Um, so we're not just sticking to the, to the big four, we're, we're branching out and we're aging things and and celebrating all of those uh, stories. And so September will be, once again, uh, Michigan Craft Spirits Month. And the highlight of that, I'm super excited, is the return of the Michigan Distilled Festival. And this um, event will be on Friday, September 3rd from uh, 6 to 10 for the general admission. There's a VIP hour from 5 to 6. And it's at the brand new Kalamazoo Farmers Market. And the reason we're there is because of Angie's connections and her thought that this would be um, a great venue. And and honestly, Discover Kalamazoo, the Visitors Bureau there has been working for years to get us to bring a spirit festival to town. And the farmer's market just finished a multi-million dollar renovation. What was it, Angie, in early, late June, I guess, we went and did a, a walkthrough of that facility just south of downtown um, and to date, we have 16 distilleries signed up uh, to offer uh, batch cocktails and, and spirit samplings. We have live music and uh, we have food vendors that will be there. And of course, Michigan Grown Michigan Great is going to be part of that celebration. I actually went to the farmer's market this past Saturday um, and it was bustling it was alive it was vibrant the entire town was there and it, it that what, what they did with that multi-million dollar um complete overhaul is absolutely amazing i am just thrilled that we're able to do this here in my in my own hometown here to be able to bring this uh you know craft craft spirit movement i mean that's the one cool thing about kalamazoo we will embrace all of that i mean you know they love all of the spirits that we do i i obviously have been promoting since i came back from chicago that was one of the things that brought me back was knowing um you know how the whole thing started was i started seeing craft pop up in Michigan. Being in the culinary circuit, I started noticing, you know, on menus, you know, where are the farms, where everything came from, and it was all Michigan. So this was one of the, you know, deciding factors where I wanted to move back and be part of that. And and Diana, I met you only a couple months after I had been back, because I was Journeyman's um, first brand ambassador at that uh, Mad Men inspired, um, you know, seven course dinner that we had over at uh, Salt of the Earth. And we have been just riding together and enjoying <laughs> that whole trip. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you know, Kalamazoo has long celebrated um, agriculture. They've got the great co-op there. They've got great coffee shops. Um, the Michigan Brewers Guild hosts their annual conference there every January. So they uh, built around that a, a Kalamazoo Beer Week, which I think has grown to Kalamazoo Beverage Week. Um, I think they've recognized the fact that they have a growing number of distilleries uh, in the downtown area, particularly. Um, and so there's just this huge effort, of course, uh, we lost food dance this year, but they were, you know, just that anchor of farm to table. Uh, and they were the, actually the very first, um, uh, before I even knew assault of the earth, uh, uh, food dance was the very first farm to table restaurant that I had an experience with. But, um, I think Rustica is still open downtown and they've got, uh, a great thing. And there are more restaurants coming in and Kalamazoo just celebrates that. And it's interesting because Kalamazoo also has, um, some really great agricultural 
history. I got to tell you a quick little family story if we have a minute, but uh, Kalamazoo was the portage. Kalamazoo area was the very first place that um, celery was grown in America. A Scotsman by the name of George Taylor brought uh, seeds over in, I think, the 1860s or 70s um, and planted them in what was the muck farms in Portage. And it, it took off and he first became one of the first people to introduce celery to a restaurant. So he took it to the old Burdick Hotel, which is now the Radisson him taught them you know how to use it and i learned by doing a tour at henderson castle in kalamazoo that back in the 1800s celery was so rare it was like caviar it was for the rich and famous it was a delicacy and they had these special crystal glasses that they would fill with ice water and put the stalks of celery in it to keep it cold and crispy and it was a high society vegetable and the fact that that history is there, but for me, particularly, uh, George Taylor was actually, I believe my great, 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 great uncle. And so, um, our family, we'd like to take credit with, you know, bringing celery to America and to Kalamazoo. I love that. And you know, what's really interesting. I learned about that in the third grade. I got to, got to commend Kalamazoo public schools for that. Cause I remember in the third grade at Greenwood elementary, there was this little rhyme Kalamazoo kazoo kazam celery city of Michigan. <laughs> and the fact that <laughs> I still remember that from the third grade is, is beyond wow. me. When you brought that up, I'm like, wow, I remember that. Wow. Okay. All right. That's hilarious. I'm going to ask, ask my dad if he knows that. My dad's a genealogist and so does a lot of family research on George Taylor and the family. And, and it was George Taylor, I think it was his niece um, for whom Henderson Castle was built by Frank Henderson for Mary Taylor Henderson. So our family has ties to, uh, to that beautiful castle in Kalamazoo as well. Wow, Celery's journey uh, into America <laughs> and now the famous ants on a log. I mean, you can't get fancier than that. Well, I prefer to put my celery in a Bloody that, Mary. The Bloody Mary right there. It's the perfect <laughs> stir stick for the Bloody Mary. Yes, yes, it is. It's funny. I always have celery in the house. It's. I think it's a very underrepresented and underappreciated vegetable, much like radishes, which are two of my favorites. I would agree with that. I agree. Well, so getting back to the Michigan Distilled event, uh, you know, you talked a lot about what attendees can expect. If someone wants to register to go to that event in September, how do they do that? Well, tickets are available now um, at midistilled.com. And uh, you can uh, see the list of all of the distilleries that have signed up so far. Uh, as I mentioned, we have a VIP hour from five to six. And that's a $75 ticket. You get a little swag bag. You actually get a, a, a glass commemorative um, cup to taste around in. You get one handcrafted cocktail from one of those distilleries. And then everybody um, gets a punch card and you get five three ounce cocktails. Or if you just want to go up and say, you know what, I really want to taste, taste your aged gin. You can get a little uh, quarter ounce sample of just the spirit itself, which I know some people, you know, aficionados like to really taste that, that raw spirit. Uh, general admission tickets are $40 and that runs from, um, from 6 to 10 p.m. And uh, our friends over at Michigan Moonshine Distillery are sponsoring the entertainment stage. So we're finalizing the 
live entertainment uh, music that will be going on. Um, and it's just going to be a, a real great event. Um, our sponsors, Rack Level sponsors are the Michigan Beverage Collection uh, Collective and also Gull Lake Distilling Company. Um, and we're, like I said, super excited to have Michigan Grown, Michigan Great as part of our exhibitors. If there are people listening that want to exhibit uh, if they have an artisan, um, maybe they're a leather ma- uh, leather crafter, or they've got some uh, floral arrangements or jewelry. Uh, we have vendor space available for local people for that. Uh, if there are other food trucks, like I'm not going to lie. If somebody shows up with cookies there and starts selling Michigan made cookies, I'm going to be pretty darn happy uh, about that situation. Uh, or maybe some just snacks like popcorn or caramel corn. Um, so we've got uh, a couple foods, uh, not really food trucks, but people that'll have meals or small plates that you can get. But we're looking for just rounding it out with a variety of different food uh, to go with those beverages. Because, you know, of course, if you're talking about distilled spirits, things are uh, that's a little bit more of a punch to your uh, to your beverage, and we want to make sure everybody is safe. Um, this is a 21 and over event, no children, uh, no pets, um, but midistill.com has all the information for those who want to join us that day. Great. That is wonderful. And if somebody is just interested in learning more about, uh, you know, the distilled organization and the community, how would they go about doing that? So our website for the association is micraftspirits.com. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So you can follow along. One of the great things about our Facebook is many of our distilleries that have live entertainment and special events, they add us as a co-host. So if you go to the the events tab on our website, um, you can learn about events uh, at distilleries, maybe that are not familiar to you. I know off the top of my head, uh, Ironfish um, in uh, Benzie County uh, has live entertainment at their space all the time. And that is definitely a place you're going to walk out if you're up in northern Michigan as well. Absolutely. Angie, anything, any final thoughts that you want to add? I'm just, I'm actually just, I'm, my wheels are turning for September. I'm so ready. You know, um, I think, I think we're going to be ready to roll out that uh, barrel aged or whatever we're going to do. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to it all. So I, I don't have anything to add. I'm, Diana, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our, uh, our distilled spirits and, and uh, our, a longstanding history together and, and my love of Michigan and it's Michigan agriculture. You know, I also give a presentation called um, made in the mitten, which talks all about um, Michigan agriculture and your website, the Michigan grown website is my resource. In fact, uh, I gave it just a couple of weeks ago and went in to make sure that my data was accurate. Um, and so your website has always been a big help to me, but it's funny to see how people don't realize. And when you can go out and, and show them that mitten of plenty and, and all of the great things that we grow here, um, it's just really wonderful to, to showcase how um, flavorful our state is. Absolutely. I have to add one thing. I was laughing about, uh, I was looking at the back of the Triscuits box and I saw that uh, yeah. all the wheat <laughs> Triscuits is grown here in Michigan. And I had posted that on uh, Facebook and my friend Chuck Cowdery, who is a, a whiskey expert out of Chicago says, when is there going to be a Triscuit festival? 
And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we need to make that happen. So if those folks are listening out there, you know, over in the uh, Saginaw area and all of that, you know, we really, we need to have a Triscuit festival and a, you know, a Triscuit topping, you know, like, uh, you know, Contest or yes. You know what? And I just wrote a note. I'm going to ask Triscuit if they want to come participate at our festival, because I'm not going to lie. I always like Triscuits, but when they started coming out with all those really cool flavors, um, it was pretty cool. And I was the same way when I stumbled on the back of the box one day, I think it was actually at a beer festival when I noticed it in Detroit. And so when I gave my mitten program, I actually take samples in and I had Triscuits at that one this year, for this one, this um, last month for the very first time. Can't go wrong with Triscuit. I tell you, I've, I've had more um, cocktail inspiration from a Triscuit and Boris and cheese and some pears, you know, and that combo <laughs> platter and what you can do. You're like, well, it's wheat based. That's where we grow some incredible wheat and there's some great spirits that are cra crafted from wheat. So that's, that's the wonderful base that happens right there. And then I can offshoot from there, but you can't go wrong with that. I'd love to see them over at uh, the Michigan distilled event. Get on it, Diana. You got this. Let's make this happen. I'm working on it right now. That's amazing. There are just so many incredible products that are grown here in Michigan. And thank you, Angie and Diana, for joining us today to chat about all things Michigan spirits. Uh, I just really appreciate both of you coming on. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we will see be both seeing both of you very soon. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. When you support local craft distilleries in Michigan, you're also supporting local farmers. The diversity of what we grow in Michigan impacts the types of experiences we can have and the variety of foods and products we can enjoy, like Michigan spirits. Agriculture touches so many industries, and it is a vital component to the state's economy and that indescribable thing that makes us all proud to be Michiganders. As always, thank you for listening and come back soon to explore more food, drinks, and people that are Michigan AF. The Michigan AF podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org.